Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. back on the podcast again, here to do three team previews tonight. Uh, obviously myself, Nick, and we've got Andrew on the other end of the line, uh, also known as Carlos, who does all of the buy-sell-hold uh, on the site every week. Mate, how are you? Welcome back. Good to have you back on board for another year. Yeah, cheers. Thanks for having me back. Uh, you've been doing pretty well. Uh, looking forward to the start of the season and getting into some more Supercoach uh, antics. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. I'm sort of, I'm getting more keen every day. It gets closer to kickoff, I think. So it's come around quick, but that's good that it's back. Um, we'll get straight into it. Uh, obviously, Parramatta, Penrith, and the Tigers we're going to do tonight. And mate, since you're the uh, you're the Parramatta supporter amongst us, we thought it'd be good to have you on um, to cover off on your mighty eels after a, a rough campaign in 2018. I suppose the only way is up. Next, the only way is up this year in 2019, mate. So, how do you think the how do you see the boys faring this year? Oh, I, I feel like I, I say the only way is up every year, and I've probably been saying that for <laughs> the last decade to two decades. So, um, hopefully, again, yeah, hopefully the only way is up. Um, there's been some great signings this year, some uh, filled some important positions on the team, um, and hopefully things will be a little bit better. I mean, as we said, you can't get much worse than last year and the last couple of years. Um, so, yeah, hopefully it'll be a positive season. Yeah, exactly. I think it will. I think, look, I don't think that they'll make the eight, but surely they've got to be better. I think a couple of the teams, you know, like the Warriors and some other teams might go backwards a little bit. So I think they'll finish, personally, I think they'll finish somewhere around, what do you, what do you think, maybe 12th or 13th? Yeah, I think in that, that sort of range is probably likely. Um, we had a couple of injuries last year with um, Manumo and Nathan Brown out for significant periods of time, which helped when the wasn't a strong uh, depth in the forward pack. So hopefully if they can stay healthy, then it's sort of that sort of 10 to 12 range wouldn't be too bad. Yeah, definitely. All right, gains and losses. Let's get straight into it. Who, who have they lost this year? Anyone important? Um, so, I mean, you, you, we ha- there's a few losses. Um, you've had uh, Corey Norman off to the Dragons, obviously. Both Scott's retired. Um, and um, Matangi's off to Huddersfield, I think it is, in the UK. Um, I noticed that you, interestingly, in the uh, key losses, you haven't put down Kenny Edwards, though. No. Is he key? <laughs> oh, he, if you've uh, got a close game and uh, there's only a minute to go and you need someone to uh, pull a leg cramp, he's pretty key, but other than that, probably not. <laughs> yeah, he's good at that, isn't he, old Kenny? Chewing up the clock, I suppose, at the end of the game. Yeah, I did enjoy one of his first games when he went to the Super League, seeing that he um, pulled that out quite early. <laughs> That's his go-to move. Um, okay, so, so you've lost a couple there. Who have you gained to fill the void? No, obviously the biggest one is Blake Ferguson, who's come across from the Roosters after winning the title last year. We've also pulled in uh, Sean Lane from the uh, Eagles. 
and uh, Junior Paulo has come back after a few years at the Raiders. Yeah, beautiful. A couple of good signings there. Ferguson, in particular, to go with Lane and Paulo. I think that's solid there. And mate, where is where is Jared Hayne? What what is Hayne doing? Do you know? I don't know. And after watching him last season, I'm not really concerned about that either. No, not too worried because I'm looking at our at our best seventeen here, and he's nowhere to be seen. That's probably about right, I would think. Probably fair. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a fair fair indication of uh, his performances last year. All right. What, what's the latest news going around for the Eels? It would have been great if they had have put a trials team out for this third week of trials, but as at the time of recording this, there's nothing out. Uh, I have seen some news on, on Salmon, though. What's going on there? Yeah, apparently he's been suspended for round one, so that bodes well for uh, Dylan Brown and the halves. So that's a uh, positive sign for Supercoach-wise. Uh, there's also a bit of news out today that uh, Kaiser Pritchard's been given a leave of absence due to uh, some issues with ongoing injuries. And, you know, we wish him all the best. He's had a horror run over the last couple of years. There's been a lot of guys like him and the Stanley Brothers and Tim Maltzen who've had a lot of talent, but their bodies have betrayed them. So just wishing him all the best. Yeah, definitely. So if if he's out of on a leave of absence, and rumour was that you were going to sign Isaac Luke, but that that looks like it hasn't come to anything either. Yeah, it hasn't come, hasn't been uh, confirmed yet. Although there's a story on NRL.com today about still possibly being the case. I mean, the Eels have rest, invested quite a bit in um, Reed Mahoney and uh, looking for him to be the starter, obviously. But there's been a bit of talk that Luke, if he did come, would actually be up on the bench role. So um, that could also impact him from a super coach, super coach perspective. Okay, now we don't have Mahoney down as one of our guys to talk about. But if Isaac Luke doesn't come. I'm actually quite keen on him as a sneaky backup hooker. He's yeah, he's got definitely got um, attractiveness there, but for me, he's a little bit awkward with price. He's at 374k, and with Will Smith on the bench, that I don't see there's a lot of money to be made there unless he's uh, has an outstanding season. So if the Eels did run with four forwards on the bench, though, he'd mm. definitely be someone I'd be looking at for round one. Yeah, true, true. Okay, I suppose that's a keep an eye out for teams and look out for Will Smith there. Um, okay, gains and losses, we've done those. Right, cash cows. So let's just go back to Salmon for a second. We know that he's out for round one. Um, do you think that he'll slot into the side for round two? From all reports, it sounds like Brown's been the, the stronger performer at the moment. Um, there's some talk that he had a really good link up with Sean Lane in the trial against the Raiders. So hopefully he'll get a few few games at, at, uh, at the start of the season. So if, I mean, from my point of view, I've got Brown in my team at the moment and hoping he stays there. But um, if Salmon does come back, that's obviously going to affect that. And Salmon can play in the centres as well, Carney. But of, but with Takarangi and Michael Jennings there, he's he's behind both of those two guys, I would presume. Yeah, you'd have to think that's the case. Yeah. Okay. So so Salmon's probably a no go uh, in our round one sides. But Dylan Brown, lock him in as as one of your backup halves, I think. Yeah, I think if he's named for round one, he should be pretty much in every team. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, mate, does Parramatta have any guns? Well, I think they'd be close to guns. You could go through uh, Manu Mo and uh, Nathan Brown before we be the closest at this stage. Yeah, any of them? Any of them a chance of cracking your side this year? Definitely Manu. I'm looking at with his availability in centre wing. Um, he's had some really good seasons over the past few years when he's been healthy. I mean, obviously that's that's a big drawback. He had that cheekbone injury last year. Um, a bit of concern about minutes with Lane, Lane and Paulo coming back. Um, and he's priced a little bit higher too. I think he's 585k, so a little bit high. Um, that puts him up in the range of Mitchell and Masters. So 
He's someone I'm considering. I don't have him in my team at the moment, but again, looking at team lists for round one, he could possibly sneak back in. Yeah, it's interesting to have a look at the minutes breakup of the Parramatta forwards. Like you say, if you've got Mahoney and Will Smith there sharing the hooking duties, Alvaro, he can play pretty big minutes in the front row, sort of probably 50, maybe 55. Junior Paulo's probably more your 40-minute player. But but Lane, Ma'u and Brown can all play big minutes. So if you've got sort of maybe Paulo and, I don't know, Moroa sharing a role there, You've got near near Corre maybe resting Alvaro and then but then you've got Tim Manor or someone else like that there as well who's going to take minutes off one of these back rowers. So Manu's yeah, like you said, with the arrival of Sean Lane, Manu's minutes might decrease slightly this year. Yeah, and it also it really comes down to what I mentioned before about the makeup of the bench for round one. If we see them playing four forwards, that's obviously strong for for Marnie, but could be an issue for any of these uh possible guns we're talking about. Um, but if they're if you do have Will Smith on the bench for round one, that sort of makes it a little bit more palatable. So um, there's also the option, I guess, Mo's filled in on spot duty in the centres previously for the Eels. So there is a possibility, I guess, that he could shift out there if, the, um, if there's injuries that would lead to that. Yeah, yeah. And, but if he does shift out there, we, we probably want no part of him, hey? Yeah, it does, work, does affect his work rate quite considerably. Okay. Nathan Brown, pretty similar story. If if he can get the minutes, he's worth a look. But I think at that 580k, I, w- I personally would prefer to spend a little bit more and get a, a Gerbo or Crichton or someone like that as opposed to Nathan Brown in a in a back row there where we might be fighting for a, a few minutes. Yeah, definitely. I think he had Paddy's, uh, put his offload away last year too. It was a little bit uh, – his numbers were down for that particular um, stats so I'm in agreement with you if, if I had to spend that sort of money I'd be looking for someone who's a little bit more a um, little bit a little bit more premium than him um, and the ability the fact he's only second row as well this year if he had the front row ability again um, I'd probably be a bit more interested yeah agreed so I, I won't be having either of those two guys in my side um, if we move on to the sleepers one guy who I have had in and out of my team a bit in the preseason is Sean Lane um, I think the concern for me on him is, again, minutes with, with Ma'u and Brown and three guys on the bench as well as Alvaro, like we said, playing big minutes. Um, so Sean Lane is currently out of my side at the moment, but I'd, I'd love to find a way to fit him in because I really enjoy watching him and he can get across the stripe for a try. Um, PPM of just over one last year in only 54 minutes per game, so if he can get that up to 60, 65 minutes per game, he could he could really make some cash. Yeah, he was really strong at the back half of last season. Um, it featured in buy, sell, hold a couple of times. Uh, he averaged 75, I think, over the last eight games, and that was in about 63-ish minutes a game. So he doesn't need a full 80 to be relevant. So if he does keep that PPM up and get some minutes, uh, definitely would be a good option. And again, the uh, big, a big advantage with him is being available in the front row. Is he in your team at the moment? No, he is not. But again, I'm, I'm with my front row. I'm being very hesitant on who I'm locking in. I'm really waiting for team lists because there's a bunch of guys I've had in there previously who now seem to be not appearing for round one. Um, guys like Pangai um, and the like. Mm, mm. Yeah, it's it's pretty pretty topsy turvy at the moment with all these trial teams and people playing out of position and stuff. You know, it's hard to know if it's something that's going to carry forward into the season or if it's just something that they're trying out 
in the trials. Um, one thing we do know, though, is that Gutherson will be playing fullback for the Eels, and he's only 439k. Dual center wing fullback, obviously coming back from that ACL uh, round six last year. He's he's got to be got to be better for the run this year. A lot fitter. Um, yeah, I, I kind of like him as a bit of a smoky. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to fit him into my team at the moment, but um, I'm struggling with a bit of cash. Uh, I really think this is fullback's his best position. He's a really dangerous support runner, and I think that was sort of wasted when he was playing centre. So. Uh, combine that with another season, a full season of, uh, back from his ACL injury. I think he's really good priced at uh, 439k. Yeah, that that's a nice price there. Only 47 average. He could, well, he should easily average around 55 to 60, which you know, 10 points puts him puts him about 100k underpriced. Absolutely, and if he gets back to his form as well, you're getting a, a gun player at 430 39k. Um, that's a pretty good player to yeah. lock in at the start of the season. Exactly. Could be a keeper in the centre wing. Exactly, and you saved yourself a trade if he is. Yep. Junior Paulo. Uh, I've never been big on Junior Paulo. Uh, he's a pass for me. What about you? Yeah, I couldn't uh, bring him in. I mean, if you got back to a 50 average, you might make a little bit of cash off him, but then you're going to need another trade to get him out. He's not someone you'd be keeping for the full season. No, I don't think so either. Now, Mitchell Moses, both Wenin and JT have Moses as a sleeper. Um, I think you and I are a bit a bit more down on him. I've got him as a bust. I I had him round one last year. He burnt me. He's just I don't, I don't know. Just don't yeah don't like him. Can't see him. I mean I can understand that he might be taking a bit more of the attacking um, you know load with Brown there instead of Norman. But uh, a half a low base half in one of the bottom four or five teams in the comp is a stay away for mine. Yeah, I, I I don't think bust is even a strong enough word for my um, take on <laughs> Moses at the moment. I mean, he only had two scores above 60 all of last season. That, I mean, both of those were 100-point games, but other than that, all pretty average scores. You take those two big scores out, his average is about 31, and he's kicking goals, so there's another six or so points a game that he's getting from that. Even if you took out his two lowest scores of that six that you would have copped at the start of the season and then minus seven he had against the Roosters, that only puts his average up to a 35. Um, you know, for 382k, I just I couldn't go anywhere near him. For another 30k, you could get Michael Morgan, who I think is a much better, but a better choice. Yep, agreed. So, he, so he'll be the Eels' number one goal kicker again this year, Moses. Um, I think so. Um, I haven't heard any anything different at this stage, but um, yeah, I mean, if Gutherson got the, the kicking duties back, that would be even even another reason to pick him. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So, so we're both down on Moses. Um. The other big bust has to be Blake Ferguson, doesn't it? Going from the best team in the comp to, again, sorry to say it, mate, but one of the, the bottom four or five teams. Well, look, there's, there's no need to apologise for the truth, mate. <laughs> He's um, We rated him a D in the Mega Guide just due to his price. You know, good good player, good to great player. Had an awesome season last year, but no way he averages 65 again in a Parramatta team, surely. Yeah, I can't see that happening. Yeah, as you mentioned, overpriced, and it's pretty much impossible for him to repeat that 2018 season. I mean, the amount of work that he put in was ridiculous. I mean, teams were kicking, kicking away from Tedesco, so he was getting more runs a game. He averaged, I think, about 20 runs a game. But he also had a lot of one-pass one hit-ups, uh, uh, 14 per game. Uh, if you think that's to, – to, sorry, to put that in perspective, the next nearest was David Clemmer, who was at 12 a game. So he's putting up front-row numbers for single-pass hit-ups. Uh, and that's a lot higher than his 2017 numbers as well, which is like 15 runs a game and about 10 one-pass runs. So 
I mean, looks like a uh, uh, the another example of a contract year player, but I just couldn't go near him this year. No, exactly. And with the with the draw that Parramatta's got, five of their first ten games are against final sides, and in the opening month in particular, they're up against the Panthers, the Roosters, and the Sharks. So potential for the Eels to get off to a bit of a rough start. Uh, a few low attacking stats games and look maybe Ferguson maybe he drops to 500k or just under 500k maybe he's worth a look at that point yeah I think definitely if his price dropped I'd be more inclined to, to take a serious look at him but I just can't for over 600k at the moment you've got other choices like Masters, Mao, Mao or even Latrell Mitchell um, I think they're much better choices yeah I mean that's basically the same price as some of those gun second rowers isn't it or just under yeah exactly yeah yep okay um, all right, mate. I th- I think that covers most of the I've relevant got, guys. One more. One more. One more. We didn't touch on Danny Alvaro. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Look. Um. Yeah. Uh, well, let's. What do you think about him? I haven't got him in my side at the moment. I'm I'm very close to it, and I've, I'm going to talk for a little bit about he, here about him because I'm quite a fan of his of his game. But um, so I follow the NBA a lot, and they've got a lot of advanced stats, and one of them is steal percentage. So it's basically the the percentage of plays that ended with a player stealing the ball while they're on court. So over the off-season, I've been playing around with some numbers and I put together something similar for an NRL based on tackles. So the estimated percentage of play the balls that a player completed a tackle on. So just trying to look at their work rate. So if you look at his, uh, Alvaro's 16 games in the front row last year, his tackle rate was about 34%. That was only second that was second in the hole of the NRL behind Chris Sate from the Warriors. And there were only about 18 players who were above 30%. And if you look at his games off the bench last year, he his tackle rate was about 40%. So basically two in every five tackles he was involved in. Um, and that's in basically in similar, similar minutes too. So about 47 minutes off the bench and 45 starting. So he's got an incredible work rate. I think there's a pretty low ceiling for him, unfortunately, with attacking stats. But at 515k, he's only in 1.5% of teams. He's a, a really serious pod option and someone you know you're going to get a really good set of base stats out each week. Mate, that's, that's next level. That's next level in depth. So, so you, when you say 34% or so, basically saying one in every three tackles ends in him t- with the ball getting tackled. Um, no, he's t- he's making a tackle one in ma- making one of the eels tackles. He's, oh, he's yeah. making one of the tackles. Yeah. Okay, okay. So it's a defensive start. Okay, so he's he's working hard. Basically, it's two points every set, pretty much. Yeah, he's getting about. It works out to about 0. 0.7 tackle per, tackles per minute. So okay. if you're thinking about points per minute, that's that's a pretty you know, pretty good uh, contribution for his base stats. Yeah, definitely. And he combined that with the hit ups and stuff. Obviously, that's what that's what makes him sort of fifty plus in base every week, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. But the the issue with him has always been there's not been a lot of attacking stats. So you're basically getting his base is almost a hundred percent of his score. And do you have in front of you what his minutes per game were last year? Um, yeah, so 45 starting and 47 off the bench, it looks like. Okay, so yeah, 46 average last year yeah. minutes for a 55.1. So he could probably get another 5 or 10 minutes possibly. Yeah. Uh, yep. Again, that he really he's another one that really suffers from the makeup of the Eels bench. If there's four forwards, um, I'd definitely be staying away. But if there's three forwards and a utility, he becomes pretty interesting for me. Yeah. Okay, all right, definitely one to watch, I think. Like you say, makeup of the bench is important, but 46 minutes, I, I don't think that would go down considerably. No, I can't see it as well. I mean, one of the forwards off the bench will be Tim Manor, and mm. as wonderful a servant as he's been for the club, his um, reliability is starting to deteriorate a little bit. Yes, agreed, agreed. Okay, mate, 
let's leave the eels there. Good luck. Good luck to your boys this year. You're going to need it. Yeah, fingers crossed. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, we're back again now with the Panthers preview. So, Panthers, um, mate, what's your initial thoughts on the Panthers? I suppose from my side of things, I would expect them to be probably one of the better sides this year. Um, you know, I'd, I'd expect them probably to be pushing top four, to be honest. Yeah, I think they'll be one of the contenders. They've lost a couple of their forwards from last year, but I think they've got the depth and some of the strong young players coming through that they'll be quite a, a force to be reckoned with at the pointy end of the season. I think so, yeah. I mean, you're right. They have lost a few. They've lost, you know, Peter Wallace and Tim Brown, both retired. Trent Merrin's actually gone over to England. We know CHN's over at the Bulldogs now, and Peachy is also at the Titans, which has um, decimated their back row stocks a little bit. And obviously, with the injury to Cacao, who's not going to be back until week four or week five, uh, there's some cheapy spots there on offer, which we'll touch on in a second. Um Christian Crichton's also gone from the outside backs. Uh, obviously, they gained Ivan Cleary um, coming over to work with uh, with his son Nathan. So that's a that's a huge positive for the Panthers leading into this season. Um, they've also gained Fu Maono from the Rabbitohs, and MWZ comes over to join DWZ from West. Um, so whilst we still whilst we think they're going to have a good season, would it be fair to say that they've lost more than they've gained this year? I think so, but it's a, a, the players they have coming up in those positions are really good testament to their junior program. They've got a lot of young players that they've, they've bred themselves um, who are going to fill under these spots. So I think they're in a, a reasonably good consi- position considering the uh, number of players they've lost. Yep, yep, agreed. Um, okay, so latest news with Panthers. Uh, again, no trial team. No, no, sorry, they have named a trial team. We'll get to that in a second. Cacao, he's out to week four. Um, so the big question is who takes the spot? So that leads us into their trial team uh, for this week, which is close to their best team. I think you probably take MWZ out, put DWZ in, put Cacao in, um, and you're probably at their best 17. So... The guy who's got the run this week is Jack Hetherington. He's starting in the number 11 alongside Yao and Fisher-Harris in the back row. Uh, and then on the bench, you've got Haim, Sally. You've got Fu Mayono, uh, Wade Egan, Tim Grant, and a few others. But Hetherington, mate, he, he's been given first crack. I'm just scrolling to his write-up here, but I think he's only available. Yeah, he's front row only, 250K. Played 13 games last year, 31 minutes, 27 points per game. 
um, cacao out till round four, round five. So only likely to see probably one or two price rises, Hetherington, if he does get that spot for that first month, really, isn't he? Yeah, he's someone that I don't think I could uh, pick, especially being sort of 256k. That's a little bit more than the rookie price players you've got available. Didn't perform particularly well last year off the bench, but um, in three games, I think, where he played more than 40 minutes, he did average about 45, so that's not too bad. Um, but, yeah, I don't think he's going to have the number of games to get a price rise out of him. No, I agree. I Plus agree. He's the, uh, he's the angriest man in the NRL, I think, so I, I don't know if I'd want to have him <laughs> on my team. He's uh, walking a suspension risk. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, He. I don't think he'll be, he'll be relevant, like you say. Not enough games to get a price rise. Um, right, cash cows from Penrith. There's a few, but they're all sort of on the fringes. Um, obviously, being one of the top teams, their 17's pretty settled. In particular, their 13 is very settled. Um, we've got Caleb Aitkins, who's sort of the backup fullback, but he's probably got Dylan Edwards and DWZ ahead of him. We've got Wade Egan. He'll be the reserve hooker coming off the bench behind Katoa. Can't see him getting huge minutes. Fumayono uh, would have been potentially if he could get that back row spot, but it looks like he's he's probably behind Hetherington, maybe behind Saleh as well. Um Jed Cartwright's probably the most interesting one. Hasn't even been named for the trial at all this week. But mate, I thought I thought according to Phil Gould on Twitter, he's training the house down and he's he's the next Corey Parker basically. Was that I thought Phil Gould had shut down his Twitter account. It seems to shut down and reopen every couple of weeks, depending on who said something mean about him. <laughs> it was it was someone. I, I somewhere I saw that Phil Gould said, Jed Cartwright, watch out, he's coming. Well, possibly, but I think I think I've seen him in a super coach for the last what, three or four seasons as a dual center second row, and I've not yet seen him play a game. So um, hopefully he gets his chance eventually, but doesn't seem to be anytime soon from this uh, trial team. No, no, agreed. Like you say, this is a last trial when they usually put their best team out, and he's nowhere to be seen. So I can't I can't see any particular rooks um, for the Panthers in round one, to be honest. Um, Guns are interesting though. Nathan Cleary being the best one. He'll he'll be one of the best, if not the best, halfback this season. Uh, he's in my side, especially if you can get those cheapies there. You know, you, you go with Cleary and Ponga, and you partner them with Dylan Brown and the, and whoever gets selected for the Warriors. And I think your halves are done, basically. Yeah, I think that's going to be a very popular set of uh, halves this year, and with good reason. Yep, exactly. So Cleary had a 61.7 average last year, with and that included two injury games where he only scored 12 and 13. So that he he averaged 70 or just under 70 when he played the full game. He's only priced at a 62 average because of those injury games. I uh, gave up the goal kicking for a few rounds last year as well because of those injuries, but he's got that back. Um, the only downside I can see is that he plays Origin. So. You'll lose him for two games instead of one, but 577k probably undervalued by about 50k, and he's a he's a lock in my team. Yeah, I think yeah, I think you've you've nailed it with him. And even if he does miss the two games from Origin, I think the the gap between Cleary and the next sort of rank of tier of halves isn't enough to make up the you make up the average um, from those two games based on Cleary being so much better anyway. So. I think that's not a that, to me that's not a concern. He's by by far the best pick at halfback this year. Yep, agreed. 
Mate, what do you think about his halves partner Maloney though? We've we've got him here listed as a bust. Um, he really, really came on last year when Cleary was out. Uh, and I, I always remember that I talked him up, talked him up, traded him in during the week, and then Worcester out, traded him out at the last minute, and then he scored a ton, and then he just went bang, bang, bang. But with Maloney there, he's eh, with with when Cleary was healthy. Sorry, when, with Cleary there. So when Cleary was healthy and kicking goals, Maloney averaged 27 points per game only. Yeah, it was just a a, um, a situational thing with my, with Maloney last year. And similar to you, I didn't have him as a buy and buy sell hold. And I'm pretty sure went and jumped in the comments and uh, told me I should have had him up there. And I not so much dismissed him, but wasn't very uh, mm. considerate of it. And yeah, I looked like a fool after that one. So he had a, a great run with that uh, period where Cleary was out, but I think with Cleary in the team, uh, he's not much, not someone you could consider at all. Yeah, no, no especially, uh, give me one sec, what's he, he's available at 5.8, so you, is anyone really going to select him ahead of Ponga? I doubt uh, it. I think you've got probably half a dozen at least you could pick before um, Maloney at 5.8. Yeah, agreed. Uh, interesting though, the, the fullback for the Panthers, Dylan Edwards, looks like he's beaten out DWZ. DWZ obviously, uh, had an interrupted preseason due to that injury. Um, hasn't actually been named this week in the trial, but he should be right to go round one, but he'll probably be on the wing. So I think we're going to have Dylan Edwards at fullback. Uh, shoulder injury last year cut his season short, only played the eight games, but did average 50 plus, uh, which would have been 55 if he didn't get injured off the back of a 57 average in 2017. Any interest in that? I mean, he's only available at fullback, which is the problem. Yeah, and that's pretty much killed his interest in me at the moment. I mean, you've got, obviously you've got your two top tier options with Turbo and uh, Tedesco, but you've also got guys like Ponga and uh, Cameron Munster, Connor Watson, a few few different dual position players that you could plug in at fullback if, if you needed. And so with Edwards being fullback only and 473k, he's just sort of awkwardly priced and, doesn't have the flexibility for me. Yeah, it looks like we might get a cheapy or a semi-cheapy in fullback as well, potentially with a, a drink water or a Nick Meany or someone who who you compare with with Tedesco maybe in your round one side. Yeah, exactly. That difference between basement price and 473k can probably be put to better use. Yeah, agreed. Mansour, Peachy's gone. What do you think? Yeah, I know there's a lot of talk about Peachy holding the ball, but again, I put some stats on Twitter about this, um, about looking at Peachy's passing rate as a centre compared to the number of runs he he completes. And his passing stats aren't that bad. He actually passes pretty well compared to most other centres. I think it's probably more of a um, situational thing and a bit of observation bias from Mansour owners. So I don't think he's necessarily the poison that he's made out to be. But now that he's gone, I think it probably does mean a little bit better um, run for Mansour. And he's also come back from um, some injuries too. So if someone... Sort of considering at this stage, but I think there's probably a few slightly better options. Yeah, 459k, priced at a 49 average, uh, averaged 51 the year before, uh, only played 13 games each of the season. So each of the last two seasons is only ever played more than 20 games a year, twice out, out of seven years. So he's made a glass, gets injured a lot, uh, and I think I would prefer... Um, what was Gutherson's price? I know we just spoke uh, about it. 430, I think it was 439. Yeah, 439. So Gutherson's cheaper than Mansour. Yeah, that's, that's part of the reason why I'd have him in head of Mansour at this stage. Yeah, 
yeah, in the, there's, there's a few other guys there as well. I'm looking at Ramian from the Knights. Can't remember his exact price off the top of my head, but I think it's in the 400s. Um, you got the, the back rowers from the Sharks, Capewell or Sorensen, who could potentially come on. You've got that Bateman from the Raiders around the same, around a similar price, I think, as well. So I think around that mark, there's a few, a few that I would have ahead of Mansour. Yeah, and the other thing is there's so many cheap options in the centre wing this year. You can re- probably go with maybe just one or two mid-rangers and premium guns and then possibly stock it up with the rest of the cheapies. So I don't know if there's enough space for having someone like Mansour in addition to, say, a Masters and a Gutherson or a Latrell Mitchell. Yeah, agreed. Uh, if It feels like most people are structuring their team the same way, and, and this happens most years, I suppose, you know, with everyone reading the same articles and getting the same opinions, but... Most people seem to be going for those two gun halves, two rookie halves, uh, a gun hooker and a, and a potential cheapy or mid-price hooker, loading up as much as possible in second row, front row, Tedesco and a rookie or, or a, a low price at the back, and then just bulk rookies as many as you can in the centre wing. That, that seems to be the, the standard approach this year. Yeah, and I think it makes sense to an extent when you've got players like Tedesco um, Trebojevic, Damian Cook, Andrew Fafita, Nathan Cleary, where the top player is so much better than the tier below them, um, that, you know, lock those players in, save yourself some trades later in the season, trying to get them in or, in or out, uh, and then try and juggle the rest of your trades on these rookies and, and cash cows. Yeah, and just hope that a few of them hit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, um, mate, that was all that I had on Penrith. Um, yeah, like I said, I think they'll finish high up this year, but apart from Cleary, I probably won't have any of the rest of them in my side, I don't think. Yeah, Cleary's the only one that I'm considering at the moment. Um, the only other one that I might have considered if he was priced a little bit better was uh, Wunger Blake. Um, he put up some pretty strong numbers last mm. year, 69 over the last nine games, which is pretty comparable to Carrot Holland, who's been mentioned as a sort of interesting pod, but the issue is that Holland's priced closer to 400k and Blake's 550, so for me, he hasn't got the pedigree to be worth that price. Jeez, yeah, I didn't realise he was 550. That's pretty steep for Walker Blake, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. just uh, too much to be paying for someone who has had half a strong season for Supercoach, but historically not been um, a, a keeper. Yep, yep. Okay. All right, that wraps up the Panthers then. Okay, our third and final team for the night. Uh, mate, I don't, I don't know how we got lumped with the West Tigers. <laughs> I thought we were surely, surely we would have had someone on the on the side who's uh, a, a Tigers fan that could have uh, contributed for this. Yeah, we could have, we could have got Wacko Jacko, but but he got stolen by the telly. So unfortunately, yes. it's me and you. More news limited poaching. Yeah, exactly, mate. Our time will come. Don't worry. Yeah, and wonder if they'll find the uh, secret documents somewhere about his boats and different things like <laughs> the storm. Um. So West actually actually finished ninth last year. They only missed out on the finals by, by about two games. So it was on the back of a defensive effort. They were really the Supercoach killers. Um, it proved very difficult to score Supercoach points against them. Uh, Ivan Clear is gone, but Michael Maguire comes in. So much of a muchness there. Good coach gone for a good coach coming in. So don't think that'll have a negative bearing on them um, too much in particular, but I think they'll struggle to make the eight again this year. 
Yeah, I think so. They've, I mean, they've got some a couple of interesting players coming in, and uh, you know, Madge is a great coach, but I think across the par- across the pack, they've just got don't have the, the bodies there to get them into the top eight. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Um, so who have they lost? They've lost a lot of outside backs actually. They've lost Lola here, Tane Milne, Kevin Nagama, MWZ, uh, and then they've lost in the forwards Tim Grant and Suaso Sue been the most relevant so there's definitely some outside back spots up for grabs um they've gained madison from the roosters who's obviously their big in mama mama rovsky is in as well i'm just going to call him mommy um just to make it a bit easier so mommy's come over from sydney as well and and zane musgrove's over from the rabbitos but madison's the big in uh and a lot of a lot of sort of fringe outside backs gone i suppose yeah they haven't really brought in a lot of players. I think, obviously, the, the big change is going to be the change in coach. Um, and it probably speaks a lot for the fluctuations in their lineup last year that you've had so many players leave, but they still sort of have a, the majority of their players back from, from last year. Yep. Uh, no trial team for week three again, which is a bit annoying, uh, playing the Warriors uh, in the first game of the weekend, but no team as yet. The big question here is who plays in the centres, I think, for West. So... You've got Robert Jennings, who's just come across from Souths, uh, who's who's looking potentially like maybe getting a crack there. Uh, the rest of the outside backs are pretty set with Umbai at fullback, Corey Thompson and Nofo on the wings, and Masters likely to be one of the centres. So you've got Jennings and you've got Mommy, uh, who's come over from the Roosters, who, for our purposes, let's hope that he gets first crack at that spot, because... He's only priced at 238k. Played the one game last year, 80 minutes, 51 points. Uh, that did include a try. Uh, also played a couple of games for the Roosters in the finals as well. Scored another try in the prelim final. Win over Souths. Uh, he, he does have Mahe Fanua to battle as well uh, for that spot. Um, obviously, Supercoach Revelation last year. But that's probably the most interesting spot inside for me. Who gets that other centre spot, hey? Yeah, I think it's the only... Oh, sorry, yeah, it would be the most interesting one. And you have to think that Jennings leaving Souths to move to the Tigers, there'd have to be some sort of... Not necessarily guarantee that he's got the centre spot locked up, but that he'd be given an opportunity at it. So, um, yeah, I'm not too keen on Momovsky at the moment, especially with his fact he's not base-priced. Um, I think if you're going to go for a centre wing at this stage probably better to go with one who is base price and has a little bit better job security. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, yeah, he's in a battle with Jennings, Mahe Fanua, and potentially Benji Marshall as well, who's been training in the centres in the preseason. So even if he does get selected, you know, he could be out come round three or round four, basically. Yeah, it's too much of a risk. Again, I think if you, with that risk, you're better off taking a risk at a base, base price player than someone who's in the mid-200s. Yeah. Okay, uh, the other cash cow who could potentially be getting a spot uh, in the number 17 jersey is Thomas McKayley. McKayley comes through the development squad last year, promoted to the first grade squad this year. Big raps on him in the front row. Could be off the bench, but probably in limited minutes, I think, if he does get a shot. Yeah, I'll just let a pause here so we can edit that out. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I, I think... He's probably not going to get a lot of minutes given the glut of forwards that the, the Tigers do have, and most of them are, are pretty ordinary as well. So um, even if he gets a spot on the bench, I can't see him being that super coach relevant. No, I don't think so either. 
Um, okay, let's jump from cash cows up to guns. SR Masters really stormed onto the scene last year. Based that based that beast. Not many tries, but got through with base and goal kicking duties to rank as the fourth overall for center wings uh, last year. Um, 568k priced at a 61 average. I don't know. Can he do it again? That's the question, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, for me, though, he's pretty much one of my first players picked. I, I wanted to have a strong base center, and pretty much he was the best one last year. Um, his offload is, is great as well. He's had plenty of try assists, um, plus having the kicking duties. Uh, yeah, he was, he's, my, he's been my first premium uh, center wing choice. Okay, so you're going to go one, well, one premium center wing and a bunch of rookies? Uh, possibly having uh, Gutherson and Cape World maybe in there, but um, it'd be one premium gun, one or two mid prices, and then hopefully just a, a glut of rookies. Okay, all right, fair enough. I probably, I don't think I'll select Masters to start with, um, in the hope that he that he drops in value a little bit, and then I can jump on, you know, maybe I can save fifty k or something like that. But I think I'll spend my money in my round one team elsewhere, but. I've got no problem with anyone selecting him because he was very reliable for myself and a number of other people last year. Uh, yeah, I think he's got a different situation than... Sorry, I was just going to say, he has a different... To me, it's a different situation than, say, Blake Ferguson, where I think Ferguson can't continue his his uh, output, and he is going to drop a fair bit in price. So I think Masters, even if he does drop, it's not going to be a considerable one. So having him in early, I'm not too worried about him losing a bit of, bit of cash. Yep, yep, fair call. Ryan Madison... Uh, a lot of us had him last year, obviously went down with that injury mid-season, which was not ideal. Uh, in the 11 games last year when he did play more than 60 minutes on the edge, he actually averaged 67, uh, only priced out of 56, only available in, in second row, not available in centre wing this year. Uh, he won't be getting one of the valued second row spots in my team this year, I don't think. No, I can't at the moment either. I mean... I traded him out when he first got injured last year, but then I brought him back in after he came back, which was a disaster. And yeah. just the, the the lingering thought of those, I don't know how many weeks it felt like eternity that he was out continually with a concussion uh, um, or concussion-like symptoms, um, that still weighs heavy on my mind. I don't think I can start with him. But <laughs> if, he had a, if he had a strong first couple of uh, rounds and was playing 80 minutes a game, had good output, be on one of my top uh, round three targets. Yeah, yep, yep. I think so too. I think he's, yeah, he's a wait and see for mine. If he was staying in centre wing still, I'd probably be mm. very, very strongly considering him. But I've only got a few uh, second row spots to go and there's more, uh, better options, I think. Yep, agreed. No for Luma is an interesting one. Uh, you know, presuming that he can sort of cement his spot in the side a little bit more this year than he was able to last year. His his average dropped from 63 right down to 52 last year. Basically, tackle breaks and line breaks. He he was one less in 2018 on each of those categories than he was in 2017. So he could, if if he like I said, if he can cement his spot, he could jump up in price. And he's another alternative to your Gutho, your uh, Mansour, your Ramian, you know those sorts of players. Yeah, he's another one that I'm sort of looking at for that mid-range position. I think I'd probably have him ahead of Mansour at the moment, but maybe behind uh, Ramian and, and Gutherson. I think he's got the type of game that really suits Supercoach. 
yeah, I'll be interested to see how he goes this week against the Warriors. But yeah, like I said, you know, potentially undervalued there at a 52 average. I think he could easily be a, be a sort of a 55 to 60. Uh, on the other end of the spectrum from the outside backs is the big, uh, one of the big forwards, Alex Twole. Uh, what's he? He's a front row only, 400 grand, only averaged 37 minutes last year and a 43, uh, points per game. He will slot into the Tigers' side. Um, where have we got him slotting in? Off the bench, probably. They'll, looks like they'll start with Packer and Madalino uh, and rotate 12 through there um, with a couple of the smaller guys. You know, Eisenhuth uh, was starting at lock, but he might rotate through the front row as well. Um, so 12 off the bench. 400 grand for someone starting off the bench is a lot to pay, isn't it? Yeah, that price just kills him for me. I mean, he only had one start at front row last year, and I think he got 36 points in about 30 minutes. Uh, and his PPM tends to decrease when he plays more minutes, which you'd expect, but it's, that's not a great output for Supercoach. So at 400k, I couldn't consider him. No, no, I don't think so either. Uh, okay, they were our sleepers. Now we're on to our busts. Now, the list of busts for Wests seems relatively long. You've got Jacob Liddell, who's going to be sharing time with Farah. Chris Lawrence, who's going to be playing limited minutes in the back row. Madalino, who's sort of getting on. Corey Thompson, who who started off very well last year and then faded. And then Elijah Taylor, who all he does is tackle, and it looks like he's been pushed back to the bench. So I'm, I'm not really keen on any of those guys, really. No, no. Madalino was once almost super coach relevant. Um, he was really good in Dream Team, but uh, he's never been, yeah, hasn't, the last couple of years has just really not, not performed to uh, expectations and any of the other guys I couldn't consider at all. No. No, so, I mean, aside from Masters and, I don't know, potentially Momorowski, if he gets that center spot, if you're desperate, um, and and maybe Nofaluma as a mid-range center wing, uh, not really much else doing here for the Tigers, in my opinion, I don't think, this year. Yeah, I think... Madison and Nopo are, are weights for me. Um, I'd like to get a bit of, uh, sort of see how Madge has got the Tigers playing and how involved they are. Um, the only other guy I was sort of going to mention that you brought up previously was um, Matt Eisenhuth. Um, he doesn't have a, a, a spectacular super coach resume, but he, and when he did play at lock last year, he averaged 58 at a uh, 0.92 points per minute. So if he gets that lock position, he could be someone who's interesting. Uh, the downside of that is he didn't, Played more than four games in a row at lock last year, so he was starting at lock and back on the bench, so um, a little bit challenging for his consistency. But the other thing that's sort of, as much as I've talked him up there, it sort of kills him a bit is he's at 505k. You could get um, Alvaro for 10k more, and I think he's probably a better option. Yeah, the Tigers seem to have a lot of players in, in that sort of between 400 and 5, 520 type mark, you know, players who averaged between 45 and 55 last year who... It's it's just a tricky price point, isn't it? There, there's just no upside when you're starting around there, really. Yeah, and that's I mean that's basically 45 is about the average for a super coach player. I mean, if you read the expected average article I put on the website, if you haven't, go and go and check it out. Um, but basically, the average of a super coach player is around 45 points. So, um, you know, you've got basically a whole team of average players outside of someone like Masters. Mm, yep, yep, agreed. And not much, not much on the rookie side either doesn't look like looks like a fairly settled side which is a bit surprising you know given that they're 
Uh, I mean, they finished ninth last year, so they just missed the finals. Um, so, yeah, I mean, change of coach, but much of the same again from West this year, I think. Yeah, but they, I mean, they did really overperform last year, and um, they're just the rookies that, that have that do have coming through, there just isn't the job security of them for them to be um, considered seriously at this stage. What about Josh Reynolds, just to wrap up? I think Wenin's got him in his team at the moment. Yeah, I know a lot of people are talking themselves into Josh Reynolds, but I mean, I can't get out of my head the fact that he seems to always injure his shoulder um, or get suspended. So I'd love to be able to believe in him, but I just think for someone who's got some risks like that, I want guys in my team who I know are going to actually be in the team every week rather than either sitting on the sidelines injured or sitting in the stands because they're suspended. Yeah, exactly. I only played the five games last year, so he does come at a 20% discount off his 41 average. Uh, but mm, not for me. Not for me. Right. Plus, we've got Benji on, in the in the background there, and there's always a chance that Reynolds could be pushed back to the bench as an interchange player, which probably is the best situation for him at the moment. So uh, for me, he's to stay away, but I can understand the appeal for some. Agreed. Agreed. Okay, mate. All right. Let's wrap it up there. Um, how many more changes to your side do you think before Teamless Tuesday? Oh, um, probably an infinite number. I've got a lot of positions <laughs> where I'm sweating on team lists for most of my positions. I've probably got eight or nine players definitely locked in, and they're probably mostly guns. Um, and then the rest of them will come from depending from the makeup of team lists. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. Excellent, mate. Thanks for your time. We will talk to you soon. Yeah, cheers for having me. Thanks. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 